NFR Extra follows all your favorite cowboys, interviews legends of rodeo, and talks to the best of country music. Follow Nevada Caldwell, Ryland Bentley, and Steve Godert every week as they delve deep into the stories behind the road to gold in Vegas at the National Finals Rodeo. It's revealing, comedic, and sometimes emotional. Find it on Spotify or anywhere you listen to podcasts. NFR Extra. All dirt, all rodeo, all year. I know I, I we were laughing I was like I, you hate to laugh about it but I was like I think uh, 2021 is uh, looking at 2020 saying hold my beer off mm. we go <laughs> yeah and so many and, but it takes a shot of tequila at the same time um, yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's not the good tequila NFR Extra episode 84 NFR contestant Emily Miller Bysel had a bizarro 2020 like everyone else except hers came with a diamond ring and winning a few rounds at the Wrangler National Finals Rodeo in Texas. Emily shares her horse Chango's NFR Texas experience and of course her own. Plus fitting in a relationship into ranching, racing, and dental hygiene. It's a different kind of woman that, that's in the ranching western lifestyle that you meet out on the streets and the cities. I mean this is it's pretty about as real as a woman you're going to get in life. Personal. Well, that's the, the hardworking and determination aspect of that, too, which that goes back to kind of the basis of what the ranching mentality is all about. You know, we get a horrible amount of criticism from people outside of this industry thinking that, you know, the neglect or abuse of the land or of the animals falls upon the people that utilize it the most. It's like that's the absolute opposite of what the true case is. We depend on these animals for making our living. We depend on this land to be here next year when we come back. Well, and I think that goes into the Western industry. We've talked about it a lot, but in this industry, like a woman is expected to do everything a man does and then go home and put things together as well. Like when I go to the ranch, it's still very, very old fashioned. And Mama Rose, we call her, um, she gets up, she feeds all the livestock and moves the stuff around while dad'll go to the range and make sure all the water troughs are good. And, you know, we all just do your part and it's just expected. That is a normal day. And then we'll go, you know, gather whatever it may be. But she's the person that packs the ice chest. She makes sure everyone has food. And as soon as we get home, when everyone wants to go grab a cold beer, guess what? Mama Rose is still in the kitchen cooking dinner, making sure everyone that is is taken care of. Like that's a very common thing in the Western industry. That's a different world when it comes to a cowgirl or someone that, that's around the horse world. Like you you got to find that right fit. You, you can't just meet a dude out in the universe and be like, hey, man, come into this universe. And by the way, I wake up at five in the morning. I do this. I take care of these things. That That's I mean, that's the epitome of the Western lifestyle is taking care of your livestock, taking care of the land and helping people that need help. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, that's no doubt. I that, Like I said, I, I think the woman side that I've learned is very powerful in this business. So. Enjoy our conversation with two-time NFR qualifier, Emily miller Bisel. Hang out until the end for Last Call with Steve and his good friend, NFR announcer, Andy Sila. And up next, Bryland's Bull. This is Bryland's Bull, the rodeo news of the week. On the road to NFR, here are the current PRCA world standings. 
Bareback riding, Taylor Broussard. Steer wrestling is world champion, Jacob Elder. Saddle bronc, Cody DeMoss. Team roping, header, Marcus Theriot. Team roping, healer, Joseph Harrison. Tie down roping, Caleb Schmidt, followed by world champion, Shad Money Mayfield. Barrel racing, Stephanie Fryer. Bull riding, Josh Frost. All around leader, Marcus Theriot, followed by all around champion, Stetson Wright. Pro rodeo tour finale heads to Salinas on season's finale weekend. Talk about an unexpected pairing. Arguably the biggest independent artist to come out of Texas since Aaron Watson. One beer hit maker Hardy is joining forces with Co Wetzel for a five-day run of acoustic shows in Texas, March 2021. Las Vegas Motor Speedway to have fans in the stands during NASCAR weekend, March 5th through the 7th. Tickets are on sale now. Check it out. NFR Extra follows Cowboys, talks to legends and country stars, and finds the stories that make up the season that leads to the annual showdown in December. Follow me, Nevada Caldwell, Brylan Bentley, and Steve Goder as we delve deep into the stories in and behind the road to gold. Listen to NFR Extra on Rural Radio, channel 147 on Sirius XM, every Monday at 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 Eastern, with a re-air Tuesday in the same time slot. NFR Extra, all dirt, all rodeo, all year. Kobe Lovell, world champion team roper, joining y'all on NFR Extra. Emily Miller Bysel can thank her babysitter for watching her while growing up in Kansas and introducing her to barrel racing. It started as a hobby as she focused on her first love of life, taking care of teeth as a registered dental hygienist. Her hobby happened to qualify her for her first NFR in 2019, and she took Las Vegas by storm, winning two rounds and ultimately finishing third in the WPRA World Standings. Emily Miller Bicell, welcome back. To NFR Extra, of course, it was Emily Miller last time you were on. Quick congratulations to getting married in 2020 on top of all the other crazy stuff that went down. Thank you. I know, a 2020 bride, we survived. (laughs) (laughs) That was probably not quite what I had in mind. And I was like, we're going to have this long, stress-free engagement, (laughs) plan a wedding at the end of 2020, no big deal. Yeah, that was was quite quite a trip. God forbid everything gets better and we just get in a great spot with society and everything else. You're always going to look back at this kind of weird time of like a historic moment that just has created its own memories. And obviously you got married in the middle of it. So as much as you want, like, right, the just the perfect wedding or the perfect rodeo or the perfect whatever in 2020, hence not even 2021, who knows what's going down, but right, you'll always remember it. I mean, I... Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, and I, what I think is funny is people, you know, whenever we were trying to plan the wedding, uh, like our wedding planner was like, what do you have vision here? Like what's your, you know, I mean, every little girl dreams of this or what song or this or that. And I was like, y'all, I said, I dreamed of running down the alleyway into a little yellow arena. I did not dream of wearing a white dress, you know, and fortunately I met an amazing man that changed all that for me, but I was like, you're going to have to bear with me a little bit. We're just going to wing it. And, uh, I got so, so lucky. Our wedding coordinator and the, um, you know, venue that we had it at, they were awesome. And I, I basically just gave them the color palette I liked and said, you guys run with it, have fun, whatever you think is going to look good. Uh, let's do it. (laughs) We rocked on and it was, it was amazing. It was hands down the best night of my life. I mean, truly we had, we had the best 
best day with uh, surrounded with lots of family and friends. So it was worth it, but it was, you know, I mean, it, you just never knew if you were going to be able to have it or not have it, or if you should invite people or not invite, you know, I mean, it was just, it was so, um, you know, it, it was touch and go for quite a while, but um, you know, we, we were very fortunate. We were able to, to see it through and it was, it was incredible. I'm going to backtrack. You said you were a little girl of dreaming of running down that little yellow alleyway. And then there's a guy that came into your life. <laughs> How'd you meet uh, this guy that, that turned your head? Man, it's five o'clock in the morning at the gym. <laughs> I, uh, I was studying for dental hygiene school and I know I'm that weirdo that <laughs> I went to the gym. Yeah, I, I guess I'm pretty busy minded. I'm always like, if I'm sitting here saying something, I'm thinking about something else. And I, I was having a hard time um, really focusing on, on school that last semester. I was burnt out. I was tired of studying for board. Um, it was just, oh, <laughs> I was struggling. And so a new gym was in town. It was a really, really nice gym. And so I, uh, I went ahead and enrolled, um, you know, got my membership and everything. And what I would do is I would take like my textbook, iPad, whatever, and I would set it on the treadmill and I would run. And I would go through what, if it was an app or a PowerPoint or whatever I needed to, to, to study that morning. Um, that's what I would do before I went to class. And anyway, and he, uh, was teaching classes there in the morning and, and opened the gym. And so we actually got to be really great friends for a long time. Uh, once I graduated dental hygiene school and I rodeoed for the summer and stuff, I came back home and that's when we started dating. And that was like four and a half years ago. So nice. Does he get to go on the road with you quite a bit or at all? Uh, or is he that... works in the oil field. Um, and he also, he has a little boy that just turned six. And so uh, he is, he's home quite a bit to be totally honest. But like this week, I mean, it's, you know, five degrees at home and um, he's taking care of the rest of the horses that I have there. And so that's, I mean, we, we kind of, I, he usually gets to go to most of the major events, but not all of them. Um, like the final I think he was there like five or six rounds. He um, was not there when I won round six, but he was there when I won round seven. And um, we had a you know big party for him um, after I think round wasn't round eight his birthday, mom. Yeah, I think because it was December 10th is his birthday, but I think it was round eight. So we had a pretty big uh, gathering and, and party for him uh, that night. So, you know, it's I mean, it, we just one good thing uh, about barrel racing and, and oil field is you've got to be pretty flexible and adaptable. Um, so that's something we really had to apply to our marriage and stuff. And um, it's, it's been great. I mean, I, w I wish you could go with me all the time, but um, it's also nice to have somebody that can take care of my critters at home as well. Very nice. That's awesome. Well, besides that love of your life, there's also another love you have, and it has nothing to do with rodeo it has to do with teeth. What, yeah. what's up with your love for teeth and <laughs> When did that love affair start to begin? Man, I was little. I was little bitty. I mean, of course, every kid loves a tooth fairy. And, um, you know, I I think part of it started when my cousin said she'd give me $5 if I let her pull one of my front teeth. I did, but my tooth was not ready to be pulled. So I didn't have a front tooth for like two years. So that was kind of bad. But um, I had a lot of crowding and I was a tongue thruster. So I actually was in the dental office a lot as a child. Um, and I had an amazing dentist. Dr. Larkin was uh, my childhood dentist. And he was um, he was just so, so good with kids. And it made it a really happy place for me. I loved to go see the hygienist and everything. Um, you know, then I went through braces for four years. So I was at the orthodontist office, you know, pretty regularly. And Really, I don't know. I just got to the point, like I enjoyed that part of my life. I look forward to those um, days that I got to go see those people. You know, they made it a great experience. And then, you know, when it was all said and done, 
like the first person that looked at me and said, man, Emily, you've got a great smile. You know, it made me feel really good about myself. And I thought, I want to do that for other people. Um, you know, I want to want to help make their day better and stuff. And so, and that's, that's the thing too, um, about working as a hygienist is it's not necessarily all just about cleaning teeth. I mean, what I love too, is <laughs> I got called Weatherford royalty the other day by one of my patients. I just had to laugh. I was like, I, <laughs> that might be a little far-fetched, <laughs> but um, anyway, it's, it's really cool. I mean, cause they're watching me rodeo too, you know, so they're cheering me on and, you know, always calling and asking. I, shoot, I got some fan mail the other day sent to the dentist office I work for. Um, you know, so, I mean, we're, we're all here cheering each other on and stuff. And so it's fun to develop those relationships with people that not aren't necessarily involved in rodeo and learn about their personal lives. But you're I, not to go to this gross level that like some people look at it, but how'd you get into the, I, I I'm cool with going to people's mouth. Like, cause you got to know you're going into people's mouths and you're digging and you're doing, there's a lot of that part of that job that <laughs> grosses okay the out. Yeah. I mean, I, I have never had an issue with it. Honestly, I think, um, you know, some, something that is, uh, very similar between like barrel racing and, and being a hygienist is, you know, like we are going to sit there and until the very last detail of everything is sorted out, you know, see it through. Um, and so, you know, as far as like cleaning teeth, I mean, man, if you like miss one little piece of plaque or tartar, like <laughs> you can't have that, that's not acceptable. And so like, I don't know, I just think it's um, in some aspects, it's kind of a similar mentality, um, you know, in, in that sense. And so I, I don't know, I, I mean, you got to remember I, this morning before I got on here with you guys, you know, I was in the barn uh, cleaning stalls for 20 minutes, you know, shoveling horse crap. So I, there's a lot of things I do on a daily basis that gross a lot of people out, but uh, cleaning teeth is not a real big deal to me. Working on both. Yeah. Working on both ends one way or another. Right. <laughs> exactly. You are listening to NFR Extra with our guest, Emily Miller Bisel. We will return after the break. Every December, the eyes of the rodeo world are on the Wrangler National Finals Rodeo, the world's richest and most prestigious rodeo. And now you can follow the NFR all year long at nfrexperience.com. You'll find information on Cowboy Christmas and the Junior World Finals, unique blogs and content, access to NFR Extra, and much more. With the Stay in the Loop Club, you'll also have a chance to win a trip for two to Las Vegas 2021 for the world's greatest rodeo. Don't get left in the dust. Stay in the loop, stay in the know, and win at nfrexperience.com. Hi, I'm Nellie Miller, world champion barrel racer, and this is NFR Extra. Two-time NFR qualifier Emily Miller Bisel is here on NFR Extra. Like you're saying, the attention to detail and the commitment that you have to have to not missing one little piece of plaque or one little piece right. of poop or whatever it is, but to be on the level of a barrel racer that you're at. And you considered that a hobby while you're still maintaining the dental hygienist side of things. Is that still a level playing field that you're a hobbyist barrel racer or is that a little bit more serious over the last couple of years? Yeah, it kind of has flip flopped. Um, you know, I graduated dental hygiene school in 2016 and I started working full time that like later that summer, early fall. And I worked full time, you know, for a solid year. And then, um, and I don't want to say like I accidentally almost made the NFR, but truly like I accidentally almost made the NFR in 2017. Um, I, I wasn't planning on going to the finals. I had no intentions of trying to rodeo like that. And I 
had won uh, the RNCFR in it was like the first or second weekend of April down in Kissimmee, Florida. And that got me on to uh, Calgary where I, I won my pool at Calgary and walked out of there with like 26,000 or something by the end of the deal. And we left Calgary and I was sitting seventh in the world standings. And we were like, what do we do? You know, I, I got to go back home and go to work. And so luckily uh, my boss is really great because uh, we, the, the good thing about dental hygiene is it's a very flexible career, whether you want to work five days a week, four days a week one day a week or just be a fill-in hygienist. Like there is a place for everybody. Um, and I had a great fill-in hygienist that was willing to cover me while I was on the road and stuff. So I actually was able to stay out, but my horse ended up getting hurt. And so I, you know, at, at that point we were scrambling and I ended up, uh, you know, the top 15 go to the finals and I ended up 17. So I wasn't able to hold on to that position, you know, through the end of the season, but um, I learned a lot. And so I, I went back, you know, and then I, I backed off one day. Um, I was working Monday through Wednesday at that point. And I decided I was like, I'm going to reevaluate this rodeo thing. And obviously, I'm going to have to have more than one horse because, you know, I, I mean, I was in such a good spot and to have it just slip between my fingers was really unfortunate. Um, but anyway, kind of kind of rebuilt the team and I, I was still working and you know, and it was expensive to be out on the road and not winning. Like once I got done with Calgary, I traveled a lot um, and didn't win very much. And so having that steady paycheck back at home, whenever I did go home to work was great because that's something that a lot of people don't realize. Uh, rodeo athletes are not guaranteed a dime. You know, we are, we're guaranteed a lot of expense, um, you know, with fuel, entry fees, vet bills, horse feed, you know, trucks and trailers, all the things. Um, that's all expensive, but that, that steady paycheck is really appealing. Um, it always has been to me. And so anyway, I've, I've maintained that career, um, just to kind of balance out and make sure I never put myself in a bad situation, but, uh, come summer of 2019, uh, I think after I made the finals at Calgary on Chongo, I knew I was probably going to make my first NFR at that point. I, I was, I think maybe 70, $80,000 in earnings and, um, that had made the finals every year prior. And so I was in a pretty comfortable spot. And so we kind of sat down and re, uh, reevaluated things. Uh, and I'm more on a, a fill-in basis, but basically I just kind of tell, um, the front desk lady, whenever I'm going to be home, um, you know, these are the weeks I'll be there. Or I, you know, tell my the other girls in the office, uh, what weeks work best for me to try to try to fill in for them. And so that's literally like uh, one of the hygienists is going on spring break with her kids. And she said, what week can we do this? So that way you can be here to fill in. And so it's, it's kind of crazy, but to me, it's such a team effort and um, it's nice to still have that, but it is definitely not the forefront of my income anymore. It's rodeoing um, now. So that's, that's kind of really, I mean, since making the finals in 19 and stuff is, is kind of done a 180 and, you know, I'm grateful for that. Cause tr I mean, truly I feel like my greatest passion is running barrels, but um, you know, you don't ever, you're never guaranteed a fast horse. And so while I've got him, I want to, I want to see it through. It sounds like this hobby became, Oh my goodness, I'm pretty good at this and I got good horses and I'm going to keep at it. I came across this to finish first, first, you must finish. Yes. How does that apply to your performance and your success at this point in your life? So that is a quote. It, I, I know my dad tweaks that quote a little bit. Um, and it's, and I can't remember what the original quote is, but it's real similar to that. But dad changed a few words around because um, 
I have a real bad habit, I guess, growing up as a kid, you know, I, if I was having trouble with the first barrel and I finally got the first barrel turned right, you know, I would just in my head, I was like, yeah, I did it. And then I'd totally forget that there's still two more turns to make and would mess up the second or the third barrel. And, you know, and that's what my dad was always really adamant that I had to completely finish my run before celebrating anything. And so if I wanted to be successful, you have to see it all the way through, not just, you know, the things that are um, concerning you or anything, like every step of the way, every inch counts. And so, um, you know, he's, he was very adamant that I, I uh, stay focused, you know, until the end. I mean, I would imagine that's something that I think as you get on, right, like you can apply that to just one run to an entire rodeo to an entire season, right? Like once you'd start to master that. Yeah, man, exactly. Uh, your hobby has really turned out to be pretty cool there. Emily. <laughs> Thanks. It's been a lot of fun. I, I never anticipated this, but I, I'm not going to complain. <laughs> I want to backpedal a little bit. You mentioned seeing through the fast horse while you have it. Talk about where Chungo is at in his peak of age, how, how he's competing right now. So we were actually, while we're sitting here in San Antonio, all of us <laughs> just wondering what, what is 2021 going to bring? What's the season like? You know, I, I made the comment last night. I said, I would have, I mean, it, I think it would have changed my whole career had I had the four horses that I have right now in 2017. Um, you know, in 2017, we had thousands of rodeos to choose from throughout the year, all year long. And they, it, I mean, it was just incredible, the surplus and, and options that we had. Um, now I've got these four horses, uh, and my youngest one being Bo, he's eight years old. And then Foxy, um, is my mare and she's nine. And then I have Piper and Chungo who are 11 and they're literally all four of them in the prime years of their lives. And I had two rodeos to go to this month. And one of them I didn't get to go to because of the ice and the other one I'm sitting here waiting it out, hoping we get to go, you know? And so there has been a definite change for us as contestants, as far as, you know, how, how do we make this work anymore? Because we're traveling further. Uh, we're going to rodeos with less added money and we're competing against more people because it's all so concentrated. Um, you know, I know I've got the horsepower right now, which is amazing. I just, you know, I am a little worried about whether or not I've got enough places to go to, to really enjoy, um, having that much horsepower and Chongo is great. I mean, he's, um, he is right, right in his prime. Uh, I think that he's, you know, really matured too. Um, in the last couple of years, you know, and he's always been a really mature horse. Don't get me wrong, but like, you know, I've been able to throw him into any situation, whether it's, you know, the Thomas and Mac in Las Vegas and the 13 second pattern or Arlington, you know, on a baseball field, um, you know, he has proven he can win on the small patterns and the big patterns, the deep ground, the firm ground. And, and that's so cool to have a horse that that's, that is that universal and can win first. And so I, I hope that for, for his sake that I'm able to take him to all the cool places that, you know, just because I do feel like I I'm probably riding, you know, my once in a lifetime horse right now. Um, and I hope I get to showcase him a little bit more than I have the last year or so, but we'll see. I mean, there's, there's no telling um, what 2021 will bring, but we can be helpful. This is NFR extra and our guest today, two time NFR qualifier, Emily Miller Beisel. We'll hit the pause button for a quick break. Howdy, rodeo fans. I'm the former mayor of Las Vegas, Oscar Goodman. It's been an interesting year for all of us, and we're hoping that 2021 will bring us all closer together to celebrate all the things we hold dear to us. The Wrangler National Finals Rodeo will return to Las Vegas in December of 2021. Las Vegas transforms into the greatest Western party in the world. 
There's nothing like it and nothing like you, the rodeo fan. And we get to share that time with you. It's not something that we'll ever take for granted. We look forward to seeing you soon and performing for you right here in Las Vegas. Can't wait to see you. And remember, there's only one NFR and there's only one Vegas. Hi, I'm eight-time world champion bull rider Donnie Gay, and you're listening to NFR Extra. NFR Extra with guest Emily miller Bisel. What goes into keeping that once-in-a-lifetime horse in shape, in their prime during that time? You know, you talked about he runs on any ground. So what does his conditioning look like? I think I'm very blessed in the sense that I have, I do have four. And so like, actually, he's not with me this week. I'm in San Antonio, which is our um, one of, I mean, literally the only big winter rodeo we're getting to compete at this year. And I decided not to bring him because of the travel conditions. You know, I watched that pile up at Fort Worth last week. I knew that we were going to be dealing with a lot of snow and ice. Um, I just decided it flat wasn't worth it to put him on the trailer. Um, even if he just slipped on, you know, a sheet of ice in the parking lot, walking up to the arena and pulled a muscle. Like I, I can't risk that with him, you know, and, and every horse, every person, you know, we've all got our time. Um, but you know, if I, if I can be smart and try to make sure I take care of him, I know he will take care of me. Um, even if that means, you know, not being in the top 10 in the world standings, you know, come June 1st or whatever, and having to rally a little bit at the end of the season, like I'm really confident in that horse. And so uh, I think a good situation will arise to where I can, I can let him go in and do his, do his thing. Because that that's the, that's the thing about Chongo is, as long as I keep him happy and healthy, he takes care of the rest. And so I just have to make sure I make good decisions by him, um, you know, so he can go do his job. But I mean, if he's hurt or sidelined, you know, that's not an option. And so even, even though this is a really, really great rodeo, um, it's awesome to, to do well here. You know, I'm, I'm fortunate to have a good backup horse. I brought Foxy with me and um, I think she'll handle it really well. And she's just, she's really level-headed, um, not a lot you know, it uh, really stirs her up. And so the fact that we've been stuck here for as long as we have, and, you know, they're in a stall and there's not a lot of places to get them out. And, you know, it's all on asphalt and there's no really warm up arena inside. It's all outdoors and she will handle that with ease. And that's why I chose her. And so I think it's just kind of knowing your team members and making sure you put them in situations that they can handle so they can go be successful. Okay. So you won two NFRs. You've had nice success. You've won two rounds in each year. Was that all those four wins on Chongo? Yes, all four wins were on Chongo. I ran Foxy um, in Las Vegas in 2019 in the seventh round. And then I ran Bo at Arlington in the third and fourth rounds. But um, all my NFR earnings have came from Chongo. Because I remember some, I don't know, some noise in the background about how the difference for Chongo was at Thomas Maxon and Arlington. What was the difference in, in his, in Chongo's performance basically there? Yeah, it was so to be totally honest, I had zero confidence when I showed up at, at Vegas. <laughs> I was like, this little Laredo is going to eat my lunch. Um, so he surprised me there. He really did like the Thomas and Mac. I loved the ground. Um, that's always a big thing in the barrel racing. Um, you know, if your horse likes the ground, handles it really well. That was that was good for us. Um, the other thing that was really um, that worked well for Chongo and I there is that tunnel in the back where we sit and wait outside of the wagon coming by with the horses and stuff um, prior to the barrel racing. It's pretty quiet back there. And Chongo's one of those horses that uh, he does a lot better if he can stay focused and settled. Um, at Arlington, 
we all were in the arena the whole time. So, you know, where they had it set up in there and then the warm up was in there and the alleyway was in there and there was no escaping the lights and the noise. It absolutely terrified him. He, I mean, he literally got stage fright uh, those first two nights. And so the first night, you know, we, we kind of survived. And the second night I thought, okay, I'm going to change my game plan. I'm going to get him in there earlier, let him really see everything, you know, so he can adapt. And it was worse. He got really scared that night just because he was in there. And, you know, I mean, a baseball stadium is, it's intense. Like you walk in and you look up and there's all those bright lights. And, you know, of course, I mean, the barrel racing is a really um, crowd active event. And so, you know, I was uh, towards the bottom. And so, you know, he would hear the crowd cheering everybody in front of us. And it really just, it was a lot for him to take in, um, you know, and in what's every horse, like I said, is so different versus Bo, you know, and he's younger, has way less experience. When I took Bo in there, he just looked up and he was like, that's really cool guys. Like let's rodeo, <laughs> you know, I mean, they all have such unique personalities and that's what you really got to know your horse. And so um, for us, I had to make a lot of adjustments at Arlington to try to keep him focused and happy um, so he could go out there and perform. Talking about adjustments, that's where the Bicel bands <laughs> took over Facebook. Can you touch right. a little bit on what happened here? Oh my gosh, that was so funny. I went to practice the next morning and, you know, of course, like during the finals, I'd learned last year, it's best just to kind of like shut my phone down and um, you know, not have any notifications popping up or anything, you know, I still would see that, you know, but like, I wasn't looking at it. Um, and so we went to practice and, you know, I'd only got a couple hours of sleep and I get back to the hotel to try to catch a, you know, a nap. And, uh, I look at my phone, I had 200 text messages and over 400 Facebook notifications. I was like, what in the world? <laughs> this is crazy. And, uh, then one of my friends, it was Ivy Savins. She snapchat me and she's like, did you seriously rubber band your elbows? In? I'm like, guys, I have been doing this since I was a child. That's what blew my mind about it is I, when I was running polls as a little girl, um, you know, and a pole bending is a different event. It's kind of like slalom ski racing for those that haven't ever seen it. There's six poles and you have to weave between them on your horse. And um, they stop that event at high school rodeo. Typically, um, you know, there's not a lot of places to compete after that. So I haven't done it since high school, but I would hit the poles with my elbows as I was going through. I'd kind of get, you know, chicken wings going out there and I would hit the poles with my elbows. And so my dad, I don't know if it was dad or mom, but anyway, we discussed it and we were like, we need to, you know, we, we, as barrel racers, we all rubber band our feet in. So we don't risk losing a stirrup. And yes, they're little rubber bands. They're breakable, not a big deal. But, uh, dad was like, why don't we try this on your, your elbows and see if we can keep them, keep them in. So you don't hit your folds, you know, while you're going through and it worked great. And, um, anyway, as I've gotten older, you know, I mean, you all saw the difference in my horse, you know, from rounds, one and two to round five where, I mean, he technically ran the first 16 of the finals. I just tipped a barrel, but he was a completely different horse and all that, you know, a lot of it was mentally, you know, I kept him a lot quieter. I kept him in, out in the tunnel to where he couldn't really hear the crowd as much and stuff and warmed him up away from the arena and all. I did a lot of other adjustments, but I could tell the way I was riding into the arena, I was kind of opening a door with my elbow, which was causing him to get a little bit stiff in his rib cage. And so when I asked him to turn, um, at that point, he just wasn't in a good position. And since the, there was no fence to help aid us in turning, 
you know, he kind of took advantage of that situation and just locked me out. And so I was like, I got to try to do something different here. So I keep my, myself centered and uh, give him the opportunity to come around. And so anyway, I use the rubber bands on my elbows again, as I have at the Calgary. I used them at the American last year. Um, <laughs> I've used them literally for 20 years, but for some reason, NFR round six, people noticed and freaked out. So that <laughs> was cheap entertainment for me. I can tell you that I got quite a kick out of it. It was good entertainment for everyone. We all, I mean, just even on NFR experience, social media, we were like, what is going on with this? Oh, I know. I, I have got called so many names and been told, you know, you are a professional. There is no reason you should be using an aid or anything like that. And I'm just like, y'all like that money still spends the same. And I'm like, what is the difference between rubber banding your feet in and rubber banding your elbows in? Like, I see no, no difference there. I was like, you know, they're going to break it's, but what made me laugh is somebody was like, you have zip ties. That is such a hazard and all this stuff. I was like, they're not zip tied. It's a rubber band. And I was like, obviously it broke because I was fist pumping in the alleyway. Like, <laughs> You know? Yeah. At the NFR, you know, you're, someone's telling you what to do. Yeah. While yeah. you're competing at the NFR. Like, uh, yeah. thank you. You know? And I used to let that stuff get to me. And then I finally, you know, the same thing, like you, as you get older and you kind of learn to just brush it off and, um, you know, everybody's going to have their opinion. I mean, you could be doing everything by the books, hundred percent right and be flawless and somebody will still find something to be negative about. And that's, you know, social media is amazing, but there's also, there's, there's a lot of couch jockeys out there and, uh, you know, God bless them. <laughs> yeah. I like my run at the uh, NFR with rubber bands better than your run, not at the NFR with no rubber bands. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So. Yeah. I promise you, I made a lot more money in mine than everybody else did while they were sitting on their couch watching me make that money. <laughs> yeah. You're, you're welcome for the entertainment. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that was like, uh, I remember I was listening to a deal um, not too long ago and this sports reporter went to go see the late great Kobe Bryant during a practice. And he watched this practice and he was like, it was like the most basic, simple drills. And mm -hmm. he goes, Hey, Kobe, thanks for letting me watch you do these drills and everything. He's like, but I, you know, you're the best player in the world and you're just doing these basic drills. And he just yeah. smiled and it's like, I'm the best player in the world. Cause I do the basic drills. So it's like the rubber bands, just going back to the basics or what got you there. Exactly. And about it. That's the thing is I, I knew that that horse would do his job it was something that I was doing that was causing him to react the way he was. And, you know, I think sometimes in our sport, we're really quick to blame the ground or we're really quick to blame, you know, our draw position on the ground or quick to blame the horse or headgear on the horse or the horse's sore or whatever it is. Barrel racers are really, really known for pointing fingers at anybody but themselves. And <laughs> I, I'm so I glad that this is recorded right now. Yeah, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I know. I was like, I, all the barrel racers are going to come at me later and be like, yeah. you said this, but it's true. You know, we, we are so quick to do that and nobody looks at themselves. And I, that's what I had my helper. Um, I think it was a morning of round five. I said, Jana, I need you to film me from the alleyway as I approach the barrel, because there's something I'm doing that is causing this reaction from this force. And so she filmed it and he kind of did the same thing at practice. And I went back and while I was waiting my turn in line, I watched the video and I'm like, that's it. That's why that horse is locking me out like that. And 
you know, I'd never, I had never rubber banded my elbows to the swells like I did until Vegas that, or Vegas till the NFR this year in Arlington. Like that was a different position. So nothing like trying something new at the finals, but I mean, what was, I had nothing to lose. I had won zero dollars. You know, I, I hadn't, I mean, I wasn't winning a dang thing doing what I was. So I had to try something different. And, and the reason I decided to go rubber band my elbows to um, the swells of the saddle instead of to my belt loop was because I thought if I, if I went to my belt loop, I still could lean with my body. You know, even if, if my elbow couldn't get there, maybe, you know, my brain would try to beat, you know, the horse there with my body versus if I went to the swells where the horse is at, he's staying up and he's staying square, you know? And I was like, that will keep my body with his and allow him to go in and be in position. And, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, it was, it was a gamble either way, but it, it paid off big time for me. And of course, you know, <laughs> we broke the internet. So, uh, you know, it, it was, it was pretty, pretty crazy, but yeah, I, I am, you know, these horses don't try to do things bad ever you know they're they're out there they they want to please yeah especially a horse like chongo i mean he he wants to win he loves his job i think he really really loves um running barrels for me and i just i wanted to do right by him i and i knew i was making him look bad so i had to fix that this will be our last break we'll finish our conversation with emily miller beisel when we return In Las Vegas, December can only mean one thing. The Wrangler National Finals Rodeo. The NFR is the culmination for the top contestants in the world seeking to share the $10 million purse and the coveted gold buckle. For fans, Las Vegas transforms into the greatest Western party in the world with the NFR experience, which features Cowboy Christmas, the Junior World Finals, nonstop entertainment, custom viewing parties, and so much more. Follow all the action at nfrexperience.com. Great moments, great champions, great memories. There's only one NFR. There is only one Vegas. Hey, y'all. It's Lainey Wilson, singer-songwriter in Nashville, and I'm here with NFR Extra. Emily miller Bysel is here on NFR Extra. We talk about money earnings and how this all plays out. Breakaway was a huge discussion also on social media this year. What are your thoughts on if there is to possibly become a female all-around champion with two events now? I think that would be amazing. Um, to be totally honest, I was not much of a barrel racer like growing up through junior high, high school. I mean, I did fine in the barrels, but like that wasn't my strong suit. My um, claim to fame was always the all-around championship. And that's what I prided myself on. You know, I, I team roped, I goat tied, I ran poles, did the cutting, everything that you could do. Like I was, I was entered in it. Um, you know, and since then, I mean, I, once I got to college and stuff and breakaway was so limited, I knew I had to really focus on barrel racing just because that was where the you know career opportunity was. Um, at that point in time. So I haven't even picked up a breakaway rope since 2014 in Guyman. It has been a long time for me. So I, I don't know that that's something that I could get back into at this point in time, but a lot of the girls like Jimmy Smith is a prime example. You know, she's a little younger than I am. And she, uh, when she graduated college, the breakaway opportunities were starting to grow. And so she kept up with it and she's roping and she's got an amazing barrel, several amazing barrel horses um, you know, and she's an incredible roper. So I, I would be really excited to see, um, some opportunity for those girls that are still pursuing both events. Cause it's, I mean, that 
to me, that's, that's amazing. And it's such an honor to be talented in both of those events, um, you know, especially at that level. And so I, I'm, I'm hopeful for those girls. It was great to see the NFR or, you know, them. I know the breakaway wasn't during the, the actual performance um, with all the other events, but it was there, you know, and that's a step in the right direction for them. With kind of your background with everything that you've done all around cowgirl driven, dedicated, uh, you know, hardworking, what is something that terrifies you? No, I was, I, that is a tough question, <laughs> especially in 2021. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know. I mean, I, I hope, um, truly, you know, in years to come that, that especially these younger generations coming up, that they get to experience all the amazing things, um, that, that we've got to, you know, I, I worry a little bit for our industry, um, just the Western way of life, uh, sporting events, you know, it's, it's a lot. I mean, we've got to have a crowd, uh, really to justify any of this. And, and there's just a lot of the world is changing. Um, you know, and of course, like Austin and I have discussed, you know, we're at that age, like I'm 28, he's 29. Like you have kids and that kind of stuff, like how soon? And I don't know. I, I just pray that everybody can come together and be unified and we cheer each other on again and, and be happy for one another. It's just kind of, I guess, experiencing some of the stuff I've seen in the last um, year and a half or so is that, that is kind of scary to me. Um, and I, I hope that we can snap out of this here pretty soon and, and get back to 2019 was an amazing year. I would, I would go back to 2019 time and time again. <laughs> it was so, so much fun. And, and I just, you know, it's, it's been, it's been a roller coaster since, but I, I tell you what, I've learned a lot too, as a person from it. And I'm a lot more appreciative. I mean, while we're sitting here in San Antonio, this committee is just goodness. They're doing everything they can for contestants. And it's so great to see people really, really grateful for that and grateful that they're having the rodeo, not feeling entitled that they should have it them you know and it's there's been there's been some really positive things to come out of it but i uh, i hope we get to you know the western way of life and rodeo and that kind of stuff gets to continue and um i think it's i think it's good for the world agreed 100 percent. yeah there's been different uh ans- not answers just kind of responses to that question and that's more of a kind of a a human one that i think we're all looking at so that's definitely sure. a unique perspective we love that you jumped on here this morning in, in cold texas and um <laughs> Hey, no, this worked great for me because I my <laughs> schedule is real free today. <laughs> <laughs> well, we really appreciate you coming on and sharing your story and all the things happening now in the beginning and where it's going. So this was uh this was a real joy having you on NFR Extra. No problem, guys. <laughs> we'll see ya. Be all safe. Right. See, see ya. you later on. All right, Desperados, last call. I haven't been this excited for 21 since I myself was 20. Because all of this just... It it is last call. The only problem is we're sober. Exactly. (laughs) Let's do this. All right, friends, this is Steve Godert joining me right now, my good buddy, Andy Seiler. What's shaking, my man? Uh, I'm very ashamed to say that there are a few rodeo towns I haven't been that I think a lot of rodeo fans would be disappointed in me for not having been there. There's a lot of kick-ass rodeo towns that I have not been to that I would like to go to. I think it's cool how some of these towns have something that they're, they're known for, you know, something that people seek out and it's not just the historical aspect of it. I also like the deal when people cater to a town. Mm-hmm. You know, when they shut off a street and you can yeah. walk around and have, have a cocktail or go check out whatever. And 
Yeah. It's kind of like, ah, whatever, rodeos in town. That's one yeah. of my favorite deals. Yeah, yeah, that is that is really cool. Let's say, for instance, I have not been to Cheyenne. I've been to the town, been through the museum, but I have not been to the rodeo. Yeah. I have never been to Calgary. And Salinas is one that's also on my bucket list as well. I, I have not been to those three. And, and I feel somewhat ashamed to say that I do not have those crossed off my list. One I've been to the town of, but never to the rodeo of is Pendleton. Mm-hmm. That one too. Have, no, I, Pendleton, have, I, I, mean, I have not been to Pendleton. You could still go to Pendleton's. You could go to Hamley's Saddle Shop. Go to Hamley Steakhouse. Go to the Slick Fork Saloon. Pendleton in itself is like a cool little town. They've got some really marquee factors that still maintain the Western and the cowboy and the rodeo heritage. Never been to the rodeo though. And then you go somewhere like Caldwell, Idaho, where you have Caldwell and Nampa that are only 10 miles apart, but they're both one of the top 20 rodeos in the PRCA, but they're so different. You know, I mean, Nampa is indoors. They've got the Snake River Stampeders that are the only drill team to perform in the dark. But then you go to Caldwell, and it's one of the most electric crowds in the whole sport of rodeo. I mean, you just say boo, and these people go crazy. Well, it's interesting, too. You look at St. Paul, Oregon, one of the 4th of July rodeos, large outdoor rodeos. And I think the town itself consists of like 400 people. Mm -hmm. And then during that week of the 4th of July, it bumps up to like 15,000. Right. It's absolutely insane. And I'm kind of a sucker for, you know, they can have rodeos in places, but I like the old West, you know, the, you kind of touched on the history aspect of it, the nostalgia of the cowboy. And I think that that's why everybody loves to go to the rodeos is to see, you know, part of that nostalgic Wild West American cowboy icon figures. But when you go to like Dodge City, Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. I, I went to Dodge City as a spectator. It's been 16, 17 years ago now. And there's so many cattle in that country. There's so much history in that country that it's still, I mean, you drive through Dodge City, it's like, yep, there's there's at least cows around here for sure. So that sort of stuff, you know, I mean, she's a little ripe. <laughs> I'm going to hammer on this one all the time, but Belfouche, Black Hills Roundup, man. That whole town. I mean, Belfouche was a staple for railheads, for cattle coming all over, you know, Midwest, West, Texas, the whole entire thing. So that sort of a deal where you have that much, you've got the Black Hills, you mm-hmm. know, mm-hmm. right there. That type of a thing when you can go and not only enjoy a rodeo, but there's so much history to the place. It still maintains it somewhat. Well, and right after that is uh, the rooftop rodeo in Estes Park, Colorado. If you've never, if you've never been to the Rocky Mountain National Park, that and uh, and Yellowstone to me are two of the prettiest national parks. Uh, in the United States of America. And those are those are two places anytime somebody's like, hey, you want to go here? If I've got the time and I can afford it, absolutely. Those, those are two just, if you don't believe in God, those are two places you can go to and realize that there's a higher power that carved all these figurines out of rocks uh, in the United States. Those are two blessings for our country for sure. We want to thank Emily Miller for visiting us on NFR Extra. Want to experience more of NFR? Then visit NFRExperience.com. And we invite you to subscribe to NFR Extra on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or wherever you're listening right now. If you like what you've heard on NFR Extra, we would love it if you gave us a big five-star rating and tell your friends how to subscribe. NFR Extra. All dirt. All rodeo. All year. Make it out to Vegas, where the big boys roam, with the rovers and the racers and the bulls and the browns. 
And the ladies in the skin-tight ringers and the cowboy hat. 